Welcome to the Decades of Strength podcast. We are Kim, Marcy, and Katie. We are three women on one mission. We are obsessed with empowering women to gain confidence, build strength, and ditch feelings of unworthiness. So grab your chair, come sit at our table, and let's talk. Hello, welcome back to the Decades of Strength podcast. Katie Crocus here sitting in with Marcy Nevin and Kim Schlag. Ladies, how are we doing? We are finally into January 2022. How are things? Oh gosh. Well, they feel an awful lot like 2021. (laughs) (laughs) Groundhog day. Sure do. (laughs) Ain't that the truth? (laughs) How are things with you, Katie? You're just back from your amazing trip. We are settling in after our trip to Colorado and it's never easy for so many reasons. And my girls went back to school for the first time yesterday and they kind of fumbled their way through the day and uh, woke up today. And one of them's like, I'm not feeling well, I'm tired. And it's interesting. The the winter blahs hit our kids and, and, you know, maybe even our pets, who knows the same way they hit us. And I'm so focused on like, myself and just getting through the day myself but sometimes I forget to take a look around and like realize that okay I think everybody's probably going through something right now it's it's not just me right am I wrong how are you ladies doing no. I, although it's interesting I was thinking about when you said pets my dog doesn't seem to notice it's cold and I'm like how do you like we took her outside in the snow for the first time which was super cute she kept like sticking her snout in the snow and like it was covered but I was just, I was worried for her. I'm like, are you not cold? Like your little paws. And she just doesn't seem to care. And mm-hmm. so I find that interesting because I worry for her and I put a jacket on her and she kind of looks at me like I'm being stupid. <laughs> it's brutal right now out East too. Right? Oh my gosh. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely absurdly cold here. And we went from super mild, like it should not have been that mild in December. And then like over literally overnight, it went to like amazingly cold. So we're I'm kind of whining. <laughs> it's not you can whine. It's okay. <laughs> it's just been a whole lot of, wow, it's cold. I don't know how many times a person can say that in a day, but my entire family, we've said it many times every day. It did come on fast. When I sent my girls back to school yesterday, I realized that we had yet to send them in any sort of snow gear. Like they didn't need boots. They didn't need snow pants. They didn't need like, you know, super heavy layers because up until Christmas, the day after Christmas, there was no snow on the ground here. It was relatively mild. And so it was like a hard pivot yesterday morning, but it was like, oh my God, in addition to like all your regular crap, don't forget the bags of winter attire as well. But I'm sure that's not your problem these days. (laughs) How's California? So California is interesting because usually this time of year, well, I should say December leading into January, we have very little rain. Obviously, we're not obviously to people who don't know where I live. Uh, I am about 40 minutes out east of San Francisco. So it does not snow where I am. We do have a, a mountain, Mount Diablo, which is near me. And that will get dusted with snow occasionally, but I never have snow like at my front door. I think we just lost Mars. Oh, maybe we lost everybody. Or maybe it's just me. You know what I mean? Um, uh, which is fine. Okay. By I see that snow, a couple of but it has been in rain up. for weeks straight, which is very, uh, oh, there we go. Um, weird so yeah, that is very. 
It, it sounds like all three of us are back online again. We might have just had a little bit of a hiccup there in the last 10 seconds or so. Are you everyone, everyone's unfrozen though, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Are we good? I think yeah. we're good now. Should I continue where I left off? Yeah. <laughs> I think so. So anyway, talk about the weather. Yeah, just a lot of rain for California. And I don't love the rain either. I'm such a baby when it comes to all of that stuff. So it is finally sunny blue skies. It's supposed to stay that way for, I don't know, the next week or so at least. So we'll, we'll see. Fingers crossed. I've always wondered, I feel like the lack of sunlight, you know, north, north of, of probably like the Mason Dixon line in this country is, is significant. And we're all there, but Marcy, with you having kind of warmer temperatures, you still feel like winter blahs hit you. Um, even though you're, it's not necessarily like pounding Arctic ice and cold the same way so many of us are getting. No, to be honest with you, I, I really don't get the winter blahs. Um, and I went to school at the university of Oregon, which is, known for being very rainy, very overcast. And so I, I think I'm kind of used to it in a sense. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I was a journalism major and I had to write a paper on seasonal affective disorder. So I am very up to speed on it. And I know a lot of kids when or students when I was at Oregon suffered from it really bad. It was crazy. So our we were on the quarter system from what I remember. So our quarter started at the end of September. So you basically arrived to school with it being overcast and rainy. And then we ended in June. So fall quarter, winter quarter, like it was like there was no one on campus. And then as soon as spring quarter hit and the sun came out, it was like, where did all these people come from? So I think a lot of people just are, yeah, kids just hibernated in their dorm or in their house, whatever it was, because it was so rainy and dreary. But I kind of like that weather. It doesn't bring me into a depressive state. Uh, It doesn't make me like not want to do anything. I mean, I don't love the rain because obviously we know that I love going out for walks and whatnot, but it doesn't really damper my mood, so to speak. Well, Marcy, since you said you actually wrote a paper on seasonal affective disorder, I'd love it if you take us through a couple of the features, because my understanding is that it is a more intense version of sort of what we're talking about right here. Yeah, so I think that people are going to lean more towards depression and depression-like symptoms, Mm -hmm. and really from the lack of sunlight and vitamin D more than anything. I mean, Katie, it's been 20 years since I wrote this paper. So (laughs) (laughs) wow, I just dated myself. I can't believe I was in college 20 years ago. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I think it it is because of the lack of sunlight and just that, that overcast or that really dark um, weather people struggle. So, So, I mean, what I'm seeing is that a lot of times how it manifests is, um, things like oversleeping, daytime fatigue, carbohydrate craving, weight gain, even, um, decreased libido, um, just lack of interest in normal activities. And it's that last one that really got me because I, it didn't occur to me that that would really be part of this, this program, but come to think of it, like, I get that. Like I think that might normally entice me to get out of my house or do something just don't, um, this time of year. And I think for me, 
it might be, it might be the cold. So I guess what I'd really like to dive into in, in this episode, guys, is like, where, where is everybody on, on the spectrum? Um, listeners too, are you on the scale of one to 10? Are you kind of at a one and, and suffering? Are you in the middle and, and kind of coping or are you up toward a 10 and thriving? And kind of what couldn't you do to just at least move yourself up a notch or two? Because I don't know how many of us are thriving right now. Maybe if you're living in the Southern hemisphere and it's summer, you're thriving. But for most of us, we're probably somewhere, you know, in like the four to six range. So Mm -hmm. Kim, let me throw it to you. Um, You know, how are you doing right now? Oh, I'm solidly there in the middle. Uh (laughs) I definitely, I would not say I'm thriving. I'm in a particularly busy season uh, with my business. Um, and then the, the Arctic cold here, it just puts a little damper. It makes everything like, it just makes everything a little more difficult. It's not like I can just walk outside or throw on a jacket and head out for a nice walk. You know, I just, it feels like even with the heat on in my house, I'm, I'm literally wrapped in a blanket right now, everybody. And I would love to just stay in bed <laughs> because it's just, it's, you know, it's just makes it that little bit more of friction to do the things. And so if you're already doing something that's challenging, like let's say like you're going to do your workout or like I'm in a fat loss phase. So it just, it's just that little bit of extra, um, friction to not want to do the things. Cause I would really just love to go right now. If I, if I could, like, if just, I would could just go upstairs and lay in my bed under my warm blanket and pet my dog all day. I'd yeah. be there, man. That sounds perfect. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I will say this. I, I wouldn't say I'm like thriving because like you, Kim, I'm in a very busy, overwhelming season. So I spend the majority of my time inside doing work. So I'm not really out there doing winter type activities. So, and I I don't love the cold. Actually, I hate the cold. Um, So I don't really enjoy skiing and all of those winter sports. Uh, And, you know, again, being in California, like the sun does shine, it only gets into like, let's say, I don't know, high twenties, low thirties at its coldest, which is not terrible. I can bundle up and get outside and bear it. I know it's not necessarily something I'd love to do, but when I was an in-person trainer for 12 years, I loathed this time of year because I had clients at 6 a.m. and I worked not in a corporate gym setting. I worked in this little like studio type place, which is where I still train to this day. And it was cinder block with very high ceilings. So we didn't have a good heating system. So that place was like 40 degrees and I would just be sitting there training clients, freezing my butt off. So I do, now that I'm thinking back, I remember that that was a really big struggle and I hated being at work. So I think that's an interesting point, Marcy, because the three of us are sitting here from the comfort of our own homes, right? And mm-hmm. not everybody has that luxury. A lot of us are being requested back in the office again. We're not all able to do remote work. And so maybe you're sitting under some really harsh lighting or your coworker is making something harder on you. So let's kind of speak to that particular audience who doesn't have the benefit of like wrapping in a cozy blanket right now, maybe. What are some things that we can suggest to sort of take things up a notch a little bit, um, even if you're in a physical environment that just doesn't feel good to you right now because you have to be there? Kim, do you want to start? So the thing that comes to me first is light. Um, My son, my middle son, um, actually 
struggled with seasonal affective disorder when he was younger. He seems to have, um, just with a lot of the struggles he had when he was younger, um, has come up with coping mechanism now that he's a grown up to be able to manage these things on his own. But when he was stuck in, um, you know, an elementary school building, a middle school building, a high school building all day long, it was really challenging for him. And one of the things that the doctor suggested is that we get him one of these little tabletop lights um, to shine on his face in the morning um, at breakfast time. I, he would you'd get so mad at me and I would make him <laughs> put this light on him and it really would help. Um, and so whether a person wants to do that or what I find interesting is I was thinking about him in preparation for this episode. He, he never, he didn't bring that light with him to school. He has set his life up in a way that he gets outside a lot. He likes to hunt and fish. And even in the cold, like he was home this for the past month, he was always outside doing something. And I think that really has helped with his mood in the winter. And so finding a way to get light on you, whether you get this kind of artificial lamp, which now I'm not remembering exactly what they're called. Um, but you, I, we just bought a box. Light box, yeah, and we just bought ours on Amazon. And you do that every morning, or whether you, um, you know, bundle up and spend some time outside, whether it's taking a walk or, gosh, I don't know, just somehow getting into that direct sunlight. I think it can really help um, to lift your mood. Definitely, I agree with all of that. So I talked about my my boyfriend Andrew Huberman on the podcast before. I'm obsessed with this guy. He is the <laughs> neuroscientist at Stanford. And Marcy has a lot of pseudo boyfriends. <laughs> <laughs> they, know, they know nothing about Andrew Huberman, Mike Vacanti. I don't think anybody else. Is there? I have to think about it. I'll tag them in the show notes, Mars. Maybe they can find out. Oh man. I got to keep my life exciting around here. I'm too busy to date right now. So I'm just, you know, pretending. Um, although Andrew Huberman, like similar in age to me, he is at Stanford. So only about 45 minutes from me, you know, I've tagged him in posts before. I'm like, please notice me. But anyway, um, yeah, he talks about light all the time. So, and how it really does help to sync your circadian rhythm and people do not realize that our bodies thrive off of consistency. So any type of disruption in your schedule. So if you are going to bed at random times, if you're waking up at random times, even down to your meal timing, when you exercise, all of that can really make a difference on your mood. So I would suggest, like Kim was saying, try to get bright light as soon as you wake up, or let's say within like the first 30 minutes of when you wake up, five, 10 minutes minimum. And if you do not have the luxury of getting outside where it is sunny, then yes, a light box would be very helpful. We can put one in the show notes, Kate. Yeah, let's do that. Um, yeah. yeah, I know that there are, I want to say there's one called Happy Light. I have a client right now who's doing all of the biohacking things. She lives up in Portland. So she's doing the cold showers, which is another thing that can really boost your mood. Uh, that cold immersion therapy is almost like a dopamine hit. It's amazing. So it's very, it's like uncomfortable at first, but when you're done with it, you're, you feel amazing. So anyway, I know she has been using a light box as soon as she wakes up, because again, Oregon, it is very dark and overcast, especially in the morning. Um, but even if you do not see the sunlight, it doesn't mean that the sunlight isn't there. So the clouds can still be covering it. So if you do get outside first thing, you are still getting somewhat of a benefit of the light getting in your eyes and sinking your circadian rhythm. So that is going to be really important 
also for when you want to fall asleep, because now you have that signal that's like, okay, it's time for me to be up, which means in 14 to 16 hours, it's going to be time for me to go to bed. Mm-hmm. And absolutely. And as with all things, sleep may, will make it better. That just mm-hmm. seems to be the underlying um, antidote to anything that is troubling us. If you can get better sleep, everything else is probably going to be more likely to fall into place. So I, I love that suggestion about just getting your, your eyes close to the sun the moment it rises, whether or not there's clouds in the sky. And well, and then, and then the movement, like I think movement in general, like we were saying, that just boosts your mood. So even if it's cold, you know, you get out there for a couple of minutes and it's movement is energy. So, mm-hmm. you know, you will start to feel better. I have found for myself in the last couple of days since getting home from vacation and get, trying to reset my routine again, because you're so right that I think we thrive with routine. And when we sort of get off kilter, that's, that's when things become more difficult, but I've kind of shifted my routine and I've started riding the Peloton again. And I don't know what's pulled me to it. And I don't know why, but as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, my, my word for 2022 is intuition. And so if I feel something, I'm going to just go for it. And I, and I haven't gotten on um, that bike in probably almost a year. I just haven't felt it. And lately I've been feeling a pull to it. And I will tell you something, that sweat, it's not even a, it's like a 30 minute workout, maybe a 40 minute workout, but just sweating has been amazing for my mood. Um, it, it, it's, and it's, again, I'm not doing it because I feel like I need to burn calories. It's not transactional. It's literally because when I get off the bike, having sweat, for whatever reason, it's it's doing something to my mind. And I would argue that a steam or a sauna would do the same thing. Um, but I, I, I think that there's something to that. So I would say definitely sun, definitely sweat are two things that in my world have been really helpful. Is there anything else that, that either of you guys would suggest? Well, I'm going to piggyback on that sweat conversation because I did my first round of cardio in a year. I have not done cardio. I mean, aside from walking outside, which I really, I call that movement or non-exercise activity. I don't, it's not like heart pumping cardio by any means. So yeah, I did my first session of cardio on Sunday and I just did incline treadmill walking. That's my favorite. And my, the place where I just moved in does have a little gym. So I don't have to drive to my gym, which is really only two minutes away. So it's not like it's inconvenient, but if I wanted to get on the step mill or something like that to switch things up, I would have to go there. So yeah, I just got on the treadmill incline walks and I was wearing these very, they're kind of like fleece lined sweats and a long sleeve t-shirt. So I definitely was sweating and it felt good. You know, I put on some upbeat music and I was just jamming out and I really did enjoy it. So we hear about the runner's high all of the time. So I don't even know, maybe it is the sweat, Kate. I I think that does feel good for people. Um, And it's important, but I also think it's just the endorphin rush, so to speak, that can be really beneficial. Kim, speaking of cardio, did you do the inner circle, not the inner circle challenge, the business mentorship challenge? I did. I I absolutely did. Um, I did it. um, So stayed stage two, um, zone two, zone two. I'm thinking I'm stage two, uh, zone two cardio. I did. Um, I was doing it in my walks. That's when we were still having all that beautiful weather in Pennsylvania. So it was really easy for me to do that. Um, just in my walks for me, zone two is still just a really fast walk. Um, so it was just walking is what I did there. Um, 
I still want to get back to that running. I'll be doing that. Not, mm-hmm. not in this cold though. It's probably not a last time. For you, right? you yeah, said. because you know, I kind of feel like that's a lot of friction already. Like I know I don't particularly love running and I want to try and enjoy it and trying to enjoy it in the bitter cold. That doesn't seem like a good start. Um, so I think being smart about um, what you choose to do right now um, and really anticipating barriers. And so if for you, um, you know, you have typically, and I've worked with so many clients in the past who they get to this time of the year and they think like, all right, here we come. I'm going to get recentered after Christmas. And they immediately fall into this winter blah period. And they're like, oh, right. This is how I feel now. And so really anticipating what are your hurdles? Is it, I don't want to go out to the gym once it gets dark. Is it, it's too cold in the morning to get my steps. And when I usually go for my walk, like figure out what is it that's getting in your way and come up with a workaround. Um, that will work for this period of time. And you'll likely change it again in a couple of months when it's nice out. But instead of just um, kind of going with the flow, that's not flowing in the direction you want to go, anticipate what those struggles are and use them to plot a course that's still going to get you to success. And so for some people that might be like, okay, we don't work out anymore after work because once it's dark, you don't want to get back off the couch and head back out to the gym. Or maybe what it is, is um, you don't let yourself go home after work first. Maybe if you usually go home after work and eat dinner and then go back to the gym, if you know you're not going to make it back out the door, you start going right after gym, so right after work. So you can, you know, work with what you know about yourself. Those are great modifications. And I think it's important to note that these feelings that we're sort of talking about, we know they don't last forever. Yeah. I mean, and, and I think everybody can probably say that about themselves too. This is temporary and it's expected. It's not wrong. It's not bad. It just is. And so to anticipate that, Kim, like you're saying, is just so smart and to not make it sort of a punishment because it is normal, right? And so if sweating is something that sounds absolutely dreadful for you, find another source of stimulation. It doesn't have to be exercise related. Um, for me, I'm talking about things like a great book, a, a, a series that you can maybe follow on Netflix, texting with a friend, you know, misery loves company. So don't obviously like, you don't have to go down, you don't have to circle the drain on, on, on all the bad stuff, but you know, find something that is, is stimulating to you in some way. Maybe it's a class or volunteering or organizing. And like, you know, if you're somebody who, again, is not interested in getting your sweat on, like maybe you pick up knitting, maybe it's adult coloring. Like there are things that you can do to kind of step out of the funk and be stimulated that don't feel dreadful to you. And I think that is an important distinction because you shouldn't feel like you have to punish yourself out of this feeling. Absolutely. That's a really important point. I do. I love that. And I will say if movement is still a priority to you, or you want to make it a priority and continue with that momentum that you have been building. So whether it's going to the gym, going for walks, doing your cardio, kind of like what Katie was saying, can you find a way to what we call temptation bundle? So it's stacking two things together. So I know for me, I don't love doing cardio or I don't love the thought of it. Sometimes I don't love it in the moment. Even it gets a little bit boring. I know how good I feel after the fact, but it's like, okay, what is going to make it a little bit more enjoyable? So is that a podcast that I'm looking forward to listening to? Is it some upbeat music? And I noticed on this treadmill at my place, it had Netflix on there. It had like, you know, shows that I could be watching. So that is something to consider as well. And I know when I go to my gym, 
I get there so late now that the heater has been running all day. So it's not really cold, but when it used to be so cold in there, it was dreadful. And I would like put on really comfortable clothes. Like I do not like wearing tight pants this time of year. I want to wear baggy sweats. I want to wear baggy sweatshirts and like put my Uggs on if it's upper body day. And so like, that's just enough for me to feel comfortable enough to want to actually do the workout. So yeah. How can you pair two things that make you feel a little bit better with the thing that is causing more friction? And I also like really quick, just manage your mind. Like your brain is going to be talking to you all day long, especially right now. We do not like discomfort. So it's going to be telling you, Oh, you should really stay on the couch. You don't want to go outside. It's so warm in here. So you do have to talk back and ask yourself, all right, what is the future version of me? How does she want to feel? So try not to just stay stuck in this funk, but also think, you know, an hour down the road, couple hours down the road, you know, how do you want to feel? And then what do you need to do in order to make that happen? Because, you know, thoughts lead to feelings, feelings lead to action. So if the thought is, oh, it's just so nice in this warm, uh, under this warm blanket. Okay. Yeah. But that's going to make you a little bit or feel a little bit more lazy. And then you're just going to, you know, keep taking action from there, which is just continuing to lie around. So yeah, manage the thought management is really important. It sure, it sure is. And, and mind over matter sometimes is, is what it takes to, to push through. And actually, Kim, I want to ask you, since you are the only one of the three of us who's actually in an active fat loss phase right now, which kind of compounds the, the effort and the friction, right? Do you ever find that are you, are you employing tactics like the five minute rule or like, okay, I'm just going to do this for five minutes or what are some ways that you are still sort of making way for, for this, these feelings and these experiences, but still like not putting your goals on the back burner necessarily? Yeah, that's a great question. So a couple of things, um, one, I'm pushing myself to, um, not put off exercise cause I really just want to stay wrapped up. Um, and so I'm calling myself out on my own BS quite a lot. Um, right now today I was supposed to have exercised earlier, did not realize that this week was also my daughter's midterm week, which involves a lot of me driving instead of school buses. So it was an easy excuse to be like, well, if I get started now, right. And so I already told myself as soon as we get off this podcast, I'm going to work out. So I'm, I'm working to hold my feet to the fire because it'd be easy for me to just stay dressed like this and never do it. Um, So, you know, being actually talking to yourself through those things really helps. The second thing is there's a tendency for me, and I think a lot of people to really want comfort food at this time of year, right? We want like all like the warm gooey goodness of stuff. And so looking for what things can you have that are like that, that are macro friendly. And I'm sure Katie's got a million, which I want to hear for me, um, a big thing that happened this so last year. I don't know if you guys remember when I was really sick and I had very few things I could eat. I decided I was going to be a person who ate shakes because I never was a shake person. And people kept saying to me like, why are you eating shakes in the winter? And how are you doing that? And I think the thing is I was just so sick and my throat hurt so badly that it was a really good fit. Like I really craved this like coldness. I was just going to do that again in this fat loss phase. And like two shakes in this week, I was like, 
why the heck do I want this ice cold shake? Like I don't want it. Um, and so I've substituted for what I was going to do shakes. I'm doing really, um, doing scrambles. So I'm doing like eggs with, um, like some feta and stuff and it's nice and warm and it's making me really happy. Um, and so looking for what are the like comfort type foods, there's plenty of like soups and stews and chilies and things you can do that are really macro friendly instead of like diving into a plate of lasagna or mac and cheese. Hmm. That's Thank great. You. I love that you just kind of meet yourself halfway and, and find a way to make space for the need for comfort, but not necessarily sacrifice what your goals are at this time. Because, yes. um, you know, I don't think that it's unreasonable to sacrifice a goal if you are really in a desperate headspace, but for hopefully the majority of us who, again, are like coping, not suffering, yeah. that's, that's a, a designation that we can make. Yeah. Katie, what are your very favorite, like, winter comfort foods that are macro friendly? So I love the chicken and broccoli casserole that actually Kim, your team has the recipe for that in January. That is one of my very favorites because it is, it is all the comfort vibes. I actually shared it in my stories yesterday. I mean, it's, it's bubbly, it's warm, it's savory, it's cheesy. Um, It is high protein and the carbs are all coming from fibrous vegetables and you know you're getting a little bit of fat from some dairy and so it's a really well balanced filling meal that allows you to you know if you're in a diet phase it's going to satisfy you but if you're not it's going to you know there's still plenty of room for like a buttered baguette on the side if you are looking for for a little bit of a crunch or some more carbs and fat so finding meals that can sort of masquerade as comfort food, but actually have really great macros um, is, is the key. And, and so that's one of them. I think any kind of um, chili or soup is a nice alternative to a salad this time of year. I think so many people try to lean on salads when they're in fat loss phases. And, you know, I, I'm all for a hot cold salad where you put like part of like warm protein on a salad. But I think soup is, or, or protein, or I'm sorry, chili is, is even better because it truly is so nourishing and warming. And it's going to just fill you up in a way that again, something that doesn't have that liquid won't. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I would certainly go for, for those two things too. Plus they're just so easy to batch prepare. And I don't know, I'm a sucker for, um, foods and, and meals that you can like cook once and eat all week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that idea. Katie, do you have a chili recipe in your cookbooks? I have several. (laughs) One of my favorites is, one of the originals is the rainbow chili. And that one doesn't have beans. It's pretty much all veggie based and super high protein. And that's one that I I feel like has tested, has been time tested and, and people keep on making it. There's a couple of my recipes that have just like, stuck around and obviously like the oat bars, like pumpkin oat bars are one of them, either cauliflower or zucchini, which is a, you know, people use for breakfast or dessert or snacks. Um, And then the rainbow chili is one. And then in the more recent cookbook, I have um, a couple other options too. Like I I made one that I called a game day chili and that one does have beans and it does have some red meat, but then it's, it's made super creamy by the addition of some butternut squash. Um, which is a nice way again, to make it hearty and thick. So you get that comfort vibe, but, um, it's not just, it's not quite as high fat. So chili is one of my favorite things along with cornbread. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can't eat cornbread. I know there are gluten-free cornbread recipes. Let's be honest. It's not the same. (laughs) 
And um, I have not had chili in so long because with my autoimmune disease, psoriasis, nightshades, so tomatoes, peppers, that kind of thing is really supposed to aggravate it. So I eliminated nightshades a long time ago and have not reintroduced them, but I asked my coach last week, we had a check-in. I was like, I want to do this. It's called the MRT test. So it is a very accurate food sensitivity profile. So I'm curious if like what comes back that I am reacting to, and then what comes back that I'm not. So it's like, if it shows that I'm fine eating tomatoes and peppers and all that, then please believe it's going to be one of the first things that I reintroduce to my diet. Obviously I'm going to have to see how I react to it, but so yeah. for anyone else who's low FODMAP or sensitive, Mars, I have this one too, the, the butternut um, chicken stew. It's low FODMAP. And so this one, if you can have butternut squash and whatever kind of protein, um, the seasonings are geared to somebody who may have SIBO um, or maybe, you know, have some inflammatory tendencies. So that's- Mine's what- not, mine's not the FODMAP, it's the nightshades. So, okay, yeah. So I don't have any nightshades in this one. Oh, you don't? pretty mellow. I mean, I do have a can of, um, diced tomatoes in it, but obviously that could be eliminated. It's all about the seasonings. Like there's turmeric and rosemary and thyme and sage. And I had a really hard time when garlic and onion were no longer an option for me. Um, that put me into like a state of that's my issue right now, Katie, like like nothing can taste the same because I can't have garlic and onion. Oh, poor Kim. You want any progress there? I can't have it because I'm, I'm struggling with GERD again. It was from, oh. it was from my COVID last year. Um, the progress is I'm not nauseous and like burning all the time because I've taken everything out of my diet and I've just, uh, so it's been since the beginning of December when I was, and I was really sick for a couple of weeks with it. I couldn't eat anything. And so now like I feel good most of the time. Um, I've just started introducing back a little bit of chocolate. I tried my chocolate protein shake, but I think it's irritating me. So that's heading back out, but I do successfully seem to be able to drink like one can of seltzer because I'm not supposed to do carbonation. Um, but no, I can't do anything. So it's kind of annoying because I'm back to not eating with my family again because I'm not going to make them do that. So not eating with my family again because I can't eat any onion, pepper, like even like the seasoning pepper, not like peppers, but like I can't put pepper in my <laughs> in my food. And like so um, yeah, I'm finding ways around it. I'm working around it. That's yeah. A good attitude. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and hopefully it's temporary too. Sometimes that's. Yeah. Last time it was, I went 10 weeks before I really started introducing. And now I'm like, it's only been four weeks and I'm introducing very tiny things. Like a little bit of chocolate, like a chocolate chip cookie seems fine, but like a whole protein shake with all that chocolate, not fine. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting. No, that's, that's good to know. Yeah. I mean, I, I think to kind of like round all this up I think what we're what we're realizing and sort of what we're saying is that like routines and habits generally are what help us thrive and when times like this throw us off kilter it's just kind of a matter of trying to course correct and doing it in ways that feel gentle and not and not painful so I mean is there anything else that you ladies would want to add to the conversation about this things that haven't worked for you in the past that you would like avoid in the future if at all possible for me, I have one off the top of my head while you think. So last year at this time, I was in need of a change. I was like, okay, things aren't going well. And I chopped my hair and turned it dark brown. And that I do not recommend in January. I don't know if anybody remembers. Um, I do not. I did not know you then. I want to see a picture of you with short, dark brown hair. I should. Right. I so then, the, then what we're saying is this is also one of those times to not mess with your hair. 
Kind, yeah. of like after, kind of like after you're getting out of a relationship or something right. that happens to you, don't mess with your hair. January, don't mess don't with your hair. It. Yeah, <laughs> like, like don't go for, if you're blonde and you know you like being blonde, don't like go for this, you know, <laughs> dark emo feeling of suddenly, you know. I'm going to head right to Instagram after this now before my workout and search out what Katie looked like the last January. <laughs> I'll, you know what? I'll, I'll share it in stories, actually. I, okay, I'm, good. Then I won't I'm even have to work for it. It was short I do not remember that. But in high school, I went from blonde, like blonde highlights. It was more of this two-tone when I was in high school. That was the thing where it was dark on the bottom and then blonde on the top. And my hair was pretty long. And I remember cutting it short and dyeing it completely dark. And I was like, what have I done? Yes. <laughs> it was so funny. Awful. Now, oh man. Those I would days. say um, that I've just observed in clients year, year after year. This is not the the thought pattern to have right now because I've watched people do this and, and worked to coach them through it. The idea of like, once I get through winter, it'll be a better time for me to lose weight, start working out. Because what people forget is what happens then. If you're a mom, all the spring sports happen. And so then you're really busy then. There's, oh, and then what happens then? Then it's summertime and you're going on vacation and there's more parties and you're outside. And then what happens then? Then it's fall and it's Halloween and we're prepping. <laughs> there's always a reason that this is not the right time. There's always going to be a reason. And so instead of waiting for that better time, embracing what you can do now and pushing yourself to do what you know you can do now. Gosh, I love that. That, that diet starts Monday mentality to me is just the beginning of an all or nothing cycle anyway, because if you're waiting, what are you going to do in the meantime? If like, you know, a diet phase or whatever is coming and whether it be two days or two weeks or two months, you suddenly like are in this, well, screw it. Like we're not there yet. So let's do all the other stuff. Very so. much. So people get into that tendency of like, well, I'm not starting till March. So extra servings for me. And then they're in a position, a worse off position than they wanted to be when, you know, the warm weather comes around. So do what you can right now. Um, however, uh, you might have to adapt things to meet you where you are, uh, do it with gentleness and kindness. Um, but don't give yourself the out of, it will be easier in the spring. Cause it won't be, cause it won't be for a totally other be. reason, for a totally different reason, but it won't That's be right. Practice your gray. There's always an opportunity to practice your gray. So here we are again. Yes, I mean, with all the gray. Better is the trajectory you want to go. And so whatever that looks like for you today, take that action. All right, let's do it. Thanks everybody for listening in. We'll be back again next week and uh, happy January. Bye everyone. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Decades of Strength podcast. If you liked this, if it was helpful for you, it would mean the world to us if you left a rating and review wherever you're listening. It really does help our work get in front of more people. Thanks so much for being here with you and we'll see you again next week.